So it is the last AEW Dynamite right before the debut edition of AEW Rampage. And it was decent. It was good. Um, not not too much, or I don't think not at all, uh, CM Punk uh, chatter or no, no, no name drops, no nothing as he is supposed to be debuting next week uh, on Rampage next Friday in the United Center. But tonight... Uh, was all about the youth, it seemed like. The youth and, you know, putting things together and showcasing some of the young stars as they did tonight with uh, Dante Martin and his match with the Seidel brothers. And, and they, they went ahead and went up against the elites, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Great showing for that young guy. Um, super excited for his future and what's to come. Um, They also had... Uh, the hometown lady, the hometown gal, if you will, the champion Britt Baker was in the building tonight, obviously. Christian Cage, uh, it was revealed that he was the number one contender, I believe, last week or maybe the week before. And then they pretty much told us tonight that he is going to get that AEW World Championship opportunity at All Out. And But before that, this Friday, he's going to challenge Kenny Omega for the Impact World Championship. I'm going to talk to you guys about how that's weird for me uh, in just a second, but welcome everybody back to Within the Ropes. I'm your host, the host, Brian Tronic, um, and this is the AEW Dynamite Post Show. Um, I enjoyed it. If you enjoyed it, that's great. Uh, I'm glad you did. I enjoyed the show. Um, it was cool. You know, match of the night for me had to be the the uh the elite versus uh Dante and the Seidel brothers. That had to be the match of the night for me. Everything else was just whatever. It was okay. Um, but of course they started off the night with that match, and like I said, uh, Dante Martin was all over the place. I mean, definitely a showcase for him more than anything. Um. A lot of people took notice that it took three guys to beat him. Um, obviously, the elite picked up the victory, but it took a BTE V trigger from all three members of the elite to take out Dante Martin, and that's interesting. It's promising. Shows that this 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 kid is no joke, and he's got a very 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 bright future. Uh, with this company or just in wrestling in general. But, yeah, man, um, it's a double-edged sword, though, to me, in my opinion. It's kind of a good thing and a bad thing because why should, why would it take Kenny Omega, who is um, the self-proclaimed or what what some people like to think and say is the, the, best, the best wrestler in the world, um, Jim Ross tonight called him the best singles wrestler. Um, he called the Young Bucks the best tag team. Why was it that hard for them to put little old Dante Martin away? And that's I'm not knocking Dante Martin. I'm not I'm not saying that in like a disrespectful way. I'm just saying it took it literally took all of them. It, it took a two one or what was it two one wing angels? One wing angels? I, I I believe it was two. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know, 
But I don't know. It was kind of weird. I liked it regardless, but still felt a little weird to me. Um, but at least they didn't lose. At least Kenny didn't take the pinfall. Um, so like I said, it was a great showing for Dante. Great things in his future. Um, after the match, uh, Don Callis, uh, you know, they all got into the ring. Don Callis, everybody got into the ring. Um, and that's when we got uh, Christian, Christian Cage. He called, Don Callis called Christian Cage a Stanford stooge and says he's outnumbered. And then at that point, the Jurassic Express music hits. They all come out to the stage. And you can see this from a mile away. If you couldn't, then you ain't paying attention. I knew that, obviously, when the Jurassic Express came out, them being the number one contenders, that they were going to call for a tag team title opportunity. Um, but what surprised me was Christian not only announcing, I mean, that was surprising because they already said it throughout the, and like it during the six man tag. But what, what surprised me wasn't the fact that he was getting the match at all out. I'll get into that in a minute, but the fact that he challenged, he said that he talked to, to Tony Khan, who was talking to Scott Demore, and he's going to be getting a impact world championship opportunity in the first match on Rampage on Friday. That's weird to me. Why would you have Kenny Omega and Christian, first of all, fight for the championship at All Out and just completely kill all built momentum that you had? The match was right there in front of you. Um, It was a perfect match. It was a perfect setup, a perfect story in Kenny Omega versus Hangman Adam Page. You kill it off to give Christian the opportunity. And again, something that I think if you're going to give him that opportunity to all out cool, but then to have them face each other for the Impact World title first on Rampage, the first match, I think that's a little odd. I think it's weird as fuck. I think it's unnecessary, especially if Kenny Omega's going to win. Like, it just makes Christian look dumb. And I think Christian, if he somehow beats Kenny and becomes Impact World Champion, I think that that's dumb, too, on many different levels. I think it makes Kenny Omega look less superior and and, and not so much like the best wrestler in the world and, and, you know, dumb heading into All Out. And also, how is it that two guys who aren't even Impact guys fighting for the Impact World Championship. I don't get it. Not one Impact guy outside of, you know, um, Gallows and Anderson have showed up to challenge for this championship. It's a joke. I, I can't, I don't understand how Scott Demore and, you know, the people in charge at Impact are serious with this. It started off okay, but now to me, in my opinion, it's starting to look and sound ridiculous at this point. The Impact World Championship, Christian obviously called the AEW World Championship the most prestige championship in this sport today, but then said, but you got that other title there too. And so, you know, before I, before I get, before I challenge and win the most prestige championship in this sport, I'll go ahead and try to take that B-plus title off your hands first. That's how it came across to me. I may be diving in too deep into the situation, and I know a lot of you are going to be like, just shut the fuck up and enjoy, but that's how I see it, 
and it's just weird to me, and I honestly wish that they would have just stuck with Hangman, especially because a lot of the you know, speculation out there was, oh, well, they're moving on from Hangman because CM Punk's returning, and they don't want CM Punk's you know, return it all out to overshadow, um, to overshadow Hangman winning the title. Well, now it's alleged that CM Punk is actually coming back at the, at the United Center for Rampage next week. So it's just like, uh, hello. Why didn't you guys just go with Hangman and Omega for the championship at All Out then, if that's the case? Doesn't make any sense. I don't care who's debuting, whether it be Punk or Brian. It still should be Hangman's moment. Everybody should understand that. Ain't got to agree with it, but it was right there in, in our faces, in our hands. It was right there. Unless Hangman somehow. And hey, wait a minute. Let, let, me, listen, let me say this. How come Hangman couldn't challenge Kenny for the Impact World Championship? How come we couldn't get that at least? I don't know, man. I don't know. It's kind of weird to me. Um, I'm not going to sit here, though, and continue to blabber and elaborate on that whole situation. Uh, let's move on. Miro announced that he'll be defending the TNT Championship against Fuego Del Sol on Rampage this week on Friday. So that's another W for Miro. And I asked this on Twitter. Make sure you follow the show at Within the Ropes on Twitter and Instagram. But I, I asked this on Twitter. When is when or who and when is Miro going to have his, you know, his big challenge, like the biggest challenge, like the one where we're going to look at and be like, oh, shit, Miro's in trouble. Like, who could that be? Is it going to be somebody in, in AEW? Could it potentially be Daniel Bryan? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, could it be CM Punk? Could CM Punk challenge Miro? I feel like that would just... That'd be a big fuck you to Miro, I think, though, to build him up like this big monster and then, you know, uh, an old guy or no, not, not, to, not no disrespect, but like an old guy or next WWE guy come over and then they just take the championship away from Miro. I feel like it's got to be somebody in AEW, homegrown, um, who's up in the ranks. But who, though? Who? Because they got a lot of little guys and... Not a lot of believable talent, especially if he's already beat, you know, Darby. He's already beat um, um, the Murder Hawk. You know, he's already beat guys. So, I don't know. I'm interested to see that. We got to see more uh, 2.0 action tonight. Them mixing it up um, with, uh, or actually it was Danny Garcia against Darby Allen. 2.0 at ringside for Garcia and Sting ringside for uh, Darby, as usual. So I had a little bit of an audio problem. I don't know if... I'm sure you guys can tell that um, my mic now is probably a little bit louder. It wasn't as loud before, and there was some cutting out I noticed uh, as I was recording, but we're moving on. We're moving on. Um, what did I leave off? I think I left off on Darby... Um, going up against Danny Garcia. Uh, Darby would go on to win that match. And then uh, after the match, Sting and Darby got into it with 2.0, uh, had a little mini brawl going up the ramp, uh, which would obviously lead to a match between the two that got announced for next week 
uh, Sting, Darby Allen against 2.0 in a Texas tornado match or something like that. And I'm perfectly fine with that. But one thing that bothers me about the entire situation is, you know, you got guys like 2.0 who, you know, just kind of shot up to dynamite and shot up in this program with, you know, guys like Darby and Sting, the legendary Sting at that. And, you know, Scorpio Sky is nowhere to be found. You know, Big Swole is nowhere to be found. Like, there's no room for them on the card. Jade Cardgill, uh, nowhere to be found on Dynamite. And I don't, I just don't understand the decision making. Um, I don't know. I don't understand the decision making there. It's just kind of weird to me, but I'm not going to, you know, continue to dwell and I'm not going to waste any more time. I'm just going to say what I got to say and then move on. Um, we got Def Triangle backstage saying uh, they need to do something about Andrade El Idolo. Pinta says he wants Andrade first. Uh, Pac tells the Lucha Brothers not to worry about Andrade because he'll take care of it. <laughs> so later on, obviously, they we got Andrade along with Chavo, and they announced that, basically announced that it's going to be uh, Pac versus Andrade at All Out. And that is one of the most mid-matches I've ever heard or, or heard or seen announced. It just, it just don't hit for me. Andrade's run so far in AEW doesn't hit for me. He should be getting matches on Dynamite as well. These promos backstage aren't doing a damn thing for me. Um, honestly, he needs to be wrestling. Just because he's backstage doing vignettes and, you know, he should be wrestling. Put him in a match against anybody. You know, you got Wheeler, Wheeler, Utah. Okay. And then again, it's no knock on him. He's, he's great. But come on, really? We see Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor every week. Matt Hardy in the Hardy family office every week. And I'm just not interested in that, that, that stuff, let alone those. Those groups or those pairings, I'm just, I'm not interested in it. So, I don't know. Hopefully, we get some chance. I don't want to sit here and wait to see Andrade's next match be at fucking All Out. That's stupid. That's dumb as hell to me. I don't know. But we got another trios match. Um, Hardy Family Office against Orange Cassidy, Wheeler, Wheeler Utah, and, and uh, Chuck Taylor. You know, whatever. I was more interested in the lights that they had in the crowd at this point. They had a green light during this match, and then um, the match before, they had a blue light. I was more interested in that than the actual match. I'm just kind of over the Orange Cassidy thing and the pockets and the pants, and I'm, I'm over it. It's not for me. It, it, most people like it. Most people fuck with it, and they, they like it, but I just don't fucking like it. Um, Hardy Family Office pick up the win in that match. Uh, Ortiz and Santana uh, in a video promo discussed their feud with R or FTR and they obviously say that it's not over. Nyla Rose versus Chris Statlander um, was the next matchup. <sighs> kind of bored of Nyla Rose at this point too. They've I don't know. I've made her look like a chump to me. Chris Statlander would pick up the victory um, via 450 splash. After a power bomb, yeah, she power bombed Nyla, and then uh, 
Hit her with a 450 splash. So that was cool. Chris Statlander remains undefeated this year, um, which is cool, I guess. But I don't know, man. Not making her look like a chump. I don't like it. Uh, backstage, the Young Bucks uh, said they showed everyone why they're elite earlier in the night. They said they're the best of all time and that they bragged that the next next week's title match will be easy as a layup. Matt Jackson goes for a layup and Luchasaurus blocks the shot. Jungle Boy then goes for a layup of his own and makes it. <laughs> and then uh, Luchasaurus um, then says, not my house. So whatever. Super corny, honestly. Um, they showed a video package to hype up Britt Baker and Red Velvet. That would lead to Tony Schiavone interviewing Britt Baker in the ring. Her obviously coming out to a huge ovation in her hometown. Super warm reception from the crowd. Uh, Britt Baker refused to comment on Red Velvet's rise to the top. She stated that uh, she's always been at the top of the women's division. Um, she commends her fearlessness, though. Uh, Baker notes that uh, she's Pittsburgh's hope, and Red Velvet doesn't have a shot in Britsburg. Red Velvet then comes out, and she attacks Britt Baker, and then they brawl until you know uh, security and everybody separates them. Britt would hold the title, and that would be it. Look, we got to see Britt Baker versus Charlotte one day. I, 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 I don't. There's no way in hell Charlotte's ever leaving WWE to go to AEW. And if she did, I would, I would probably cry. I'd probably be a mess in the internet, on the internet, in the, in the internet wrestling community. I'd be a fucking mess. I'd be just like everybody else is on the daily. That's just super obsessed and, you know, taking the shit way too serious to the point where you start saying nasty and dumb shit that you shouldn't be saying. I'd probably be one of these internet guys. That's how I'd feel about Charlotte leaving WWE to go to AEW. But um, in a perfect world, I think this is a main event level match if Britt Baker and Charlotte would ever go one-on-one. And of course, the Queen City would pick up that victory. You already know. It's not even a... I don't even know why I'm talking about it right now. It's What? Anyways, let's move on. Um, Ricky Starks and Brian Cage in a video promo discuss their feud. Uh, Ricky Starks tells Brian Cage that he can find him next week. The machine says... Uh, face-to-face confrontation won't go well with him. So we'll see about that. I think that's a little mid too. Ricky Starks, FTW title and all that. That's trash to me. Not really interested in it. Uh, We got the Impact World Tag Team Championship on the line tonight. The Good Brothers took on uh, the Dark Order's Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. And I really, really wish and hoped that Stu Grayson and... um, Evo Uno would, would have picked up the victory here. But of course they didn't. Um, Good Brothers obviously retains the Impact World Tag Team titles. I thought it would be a good moment for uh, Britsburg, but it is what it is. Um, magic killer to Stu Grayson for the win. They showed a video package for the NWA Women's World Champion Camille uh, hyping up her title defense against Layla Hirsch. Uh, She says that the whole world will watch her defeat Hirsch at uh, NWA Empower. So that was cool. They shined some light on that. Uh, QT Marshall was in the ring, demanded an apology from Tony Schiavone. Uh, He then 
told the factory to grab and attack Tony Schiavone's son, Christopher, who was sitting in the front row. QT Marshall demands Tony Schiavone apologize. Marshall doesn't accept it. Uh, when Tony Schiavone does, calls him a son of a bitch and all that. And then uh, he drops Christopher with a cutter. And that was probably like the fourth or fifth cutter I had seen the entire night. And then Paul White comes down to the ring. White confronts the factory, choke slams Aaron Solo, and he stares down QT Marshall. Now, if we're going to get a QT Marshall and, and Paul White, a.k.a. Big Show feud, then you could just pack that up right in the bag because I'm not interested in that, even at the littlest little the least the littlest whatever you want to call i'm i'm not even i'm i'm not gonna watch that i'm not i'm if you if you expect me to take qt marshall serious sort of you know look at him as like someone who's gonna or even look at big show as someone who's gonna help elevate qt marshall that it's as far as i'm concerned this is that's fucking taskmaster versus the giant in wcw in my opinion and, and that's that's I mean, I, I fucking like the Taskmaster. I like Kevin Sullivan, WCW, but I don't like QT Marshall. Sorry. And the fucking, um, the, uh, the fuck is it? The factory ain't the Dungeon of Doom. So, yeah, it is what it is. I'm, I'm not fucking with it. Um, and then in the main event, we got uh, Chris Jericho going up against Wardlow. Made a couple of jokes on Twitter about... Uh, Wardlow being Adam Bomb, and if he was in WWE, and Vince would definitely make him the next Adam Bomb. Um, but this match was okay. Jericho, eh, I don't know. The whole labors of Jericho kind of, I don't know, ran its course after Hoovy. After that, it was just kind of like, ah, this is shit stupid. It doesn't make sense. I'm not interested anymore. We know Jericho's going to win. Um, so whatever, I wasn't really locked in. Um, MJF tried to pass his ring to Wardlow throughout the match. Referee catches him and ejects him. Uh, and while that's happening, Jericho hits Wardlow with the bat and hits the Judas effect. Pretty nice Judas effect too. Chris Jericho would then pick up the one, two, three. And then after the match, Sean Spears attacks Chris Jericho. Sammy Guevara makes the save. Um, the pinnacle though outnumbers the two. MJF locks in the salt of the earth arm, arm bar. And then Jake Hager runs MJF off. And then the leader of the pinnacle himself reveals the stipulation for their rematch next week. He says that Jericho can't use the Judas effect and he can't use the Judas theme song either. But you already know that uh, the Dynamite Zone are going to be singing that song for him 100%. They're going to be singing it as loud as they can. Hell, they might even make a, 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 a remix version of it and release it on AEW's music, YouTube, and streaming platforms just so fans can hear themselves. Either way, we're going to hear that damn song, whether we like it or not. MJF is going to hear it whether he likes it or not. MJF then offered a spoiler for the match by saying next week he'll prove that he's Jericho's, Jericho's successor. And then the, the the show went off the air. Um, like I said, it was decent. The ending was kind of bleh. I'm kind of over Jericho and MJF and the labors and whatnot. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. Got the big uh, the big show rampage coming up this Friday. So 
can't wait to see that. Um, yeah, NXT UK, Impact Wrestling tomorrow. Um, so I'll be back with another post show for those two. Um, yeah, man. And then Friday, SmackDown and Rampage should be a good one. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to end this where where it is. We ain't going to talk no more about it. We just going to let and wait and see these feuds and see these things pan out. Uh, like I said, I don't agree with Christian getting two matches against Kenny Omega. Yeah, I think it's kind of dumb. You know, I got a feeling that if enough people have a problem with it or even make a fuss about it, that Tony Khan will some way alter or fix or change the match. Um, I don't know, maybe an attack that'll make Christian unable to compete or something. I don't know, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um, Make sure you guys follow the show at Within the Ropes on Twitter and Instagram. Follow me at Brian Tronic on Twitter and Instagram. Within the Ropes Podcast dot com. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube. Everything's on there. YouTube, all the platforms to listen, Instagram, all that. Make sure you guys go to Within the Ropes Podcast dot com. Um, stay tuned. Um, Flagship show is also second episode of the flagship show is also dropping uh, this Sunday that will be dropping every Sunday. So please stay tuned for that. Um, and I'm going to get out of here. That was the dynamite post show. You wrestling fans have a fantastic night. Sing Judas good night and, and have a good one. Oh yeah. Don't forget the queen city is better than Kenny Omega. And I'll, Stand on all 10 of my toes on that take. Have a good one.